Welcome back to episode 140 of the Guardian Project podcast. I'm your host, Andy. Officially completed. Oh, you you are? You're fully robot now? <laughs> I... That would be nice. I, I think if I was a planeswalker, I think if I was a planeswalker officially completed, I would cost like one hybrid Azorius and I would have something that happens when I like when I die. So I can oh. go back to the command zone. I don't sure. know what it would be. When I die, reanimate something. <gasps> oh, that'd be Busted. nice. But you wouldn't have like a passive ability of other players can't cast spells until Andy leaves the battlefield or anything like that. No, I feel like I no. It'd have to be like It'd have to be really low power if, to give gotcha. me a hybrid Phyrexian mana single cost. <laughs> <laughs> Best planeswalker ever. Uh, yep. And and I'm your other host, Mike. And I really like how Goshintai is going to play in our pods, in our meta. I think the strategy really shrines through. That was a good one. I'll accept that. I'm not going <laughs> to boo you on that. Nope, not this time. Please listen carefully. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things Magic the Gathering. But mostly Commander. So one uh, one fun announcement, um, I guess maybe not fun because it might be a little confusing for people that opened this card, um, but there has uh, been a statement posted on Cyba Trespassers um, that says it has come to our attention that the English printed version of Cyba Trespassers Trespassers. Trespassers. <laughs> the Saiba Trespassers from Kamigawa Neon Dynasty does not list the appropriate creature type. Uh, so it is actually printed as a merfolk uh, ninja uh, in English. But it says no matter how much you want it to be, they are not, in fact, ninjas. The creature type is supposed to be a moon folk rogue. So um, that is going to be reflected correctly in all other printings in all other languages in uh on magic arena and on magic online so cyber trespassers oh my gosh i cannot say trespass it's tough uh, it really is i'm struggling it's a three five artifact creature moon <laughs> <laughs> moonfolk rogue yes for five mana and it has channel to discard it and you can tap two creatures you don't control and then they don't untap during their controller's next untap step. If anybody's playing this in a ninja deck and they're playing it in their, you know, Yuriko or their their new uh ninja from the uh from this this set, mm -hmm. I'm not I'm I would never say anything because I'm probably gonna forget that it's supposed to be a rogue over a ninja in just a few short weeks. What if we have a little bit of compromise? They can use it as a ninja if they say Saiba trespassers five times fast. And they don't pronounce it wrong like me. You have to do it right every single time. Every time. Every time. We also got to pick up our pre-orders uh, for Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. Um, we both pre-ordered some stuff. We mm -hmm. got uh, set, some set boosters. Open anything fun? Uh, I opened three of the five Myosian. So I'm missing the green and blue Myosian. So those um, are the commander cards inserted into the collector's boosters and the set boosters. So, so they're they're set booster exclusives, and that not even commander cards. Because I was thinking about this too, because there was a a, a black card that I thought was going to be a commander only card, and then set booster supplement. But the two precons don't have black in it, so it's totally Co just a set booster exclusive card. Co correct. They're calling them the 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 commander cards that are exclusive oh, okay. to the set booster. Okay. I got you. So, yeah, they're 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 like meant for commander. Yes, but yes, those uh so the the uh Myogen of Grim Betrayal, of Roaring Blades and of Blooming Dawn I opened. No idea if I'm actually going to put them in a deck. 
Um, but it's cool that I opened them. I opened a, a, a Junji, the Midnight Sky, um, which I'm probably going to build that deck eventually. Uh, I opened my Haitsugu Consumes All in my very first pack that I opened out of my set booster. So that was a nice. card we talked about last week that I'm going to put into my Jessica Falthus deck. So pretty excited about that. And, you know, some channel lands in there, too, that I probably have to buy 20, 20 hundred more of to fill in all of my decks. Twenty hundred more. Twenty hundred more. Yeah, it's a, a very specific number that doesn't exist yet. Um, it's yeah. math, you know. I I opened up the Tamio completed sage, so that was really exciting. Yeah. I got the Jingataxius in both the regular printing, and we got one in the Phyrexian text. Nice. So um, you're all welcome. Um, <laughs> and then I did open up um, the legendary vehicle that can also be your commander, the the Sh- Shorikai uh, Genesis engine, That's so which good. it this card is really, really cool. I know we didn't talk on our episode last week about the actual precon decks and the cards that come in those, um, but I think, you know, and we don't often have this where we completely agree, but we are very much more interested in the vehicles deck than we were in the modified deck. Mm -hmm. Um, But when we talk about, um, you know, on our show today, we'll certainly see some more stuff. The one thing that I was sad that I had, I did not open was the Yoshimaru ever faithful, the new dog legendary creature that has partner. Mm -hmm. Um, I really would like, a copy of that because that is really, really strong in Niambi because it's just for legendary permanence entering the battlefield. Right. And I play like 20 legendary lands in that deck. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I can have one giant dog. Um, I mean, a lot of people are going to sack it as a partner deck with uh, uh, what's that Black Planeswalker that uh, um, has partner. Oh my goodness. Giant je- tentacly boy. Je- one tentacle boy. Um, it's Jessica and partners with the oh, other one, that goodness. one, and they're all going to sacrifice the dog to it. Yeah. Well, I can't believe it. It's, I, I can't mean, believe it. I can, I can actually believe it. I suppose. I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty good. So, um, <laughs> it, you know, we opened a lot of fun stuff. So if you have opened up cards, um, tweet at us, we'd love to see them. Um, and if you want to support us, you can head to patreon.com slash guardian project pod and donate for any dollar amount. And if you're looking for another way to support the podcast, whatever platform you are enjoying the podcast on now, if you could subscribe, rate, review, and leave comments, we'd be most appreciative. And you can find us online at the guardian project podcast.com. We stream on Twitch at twitch.tv slash guardian project podcast you can find our social media on twitter at guardian pod and on instagram guardian project podcast and our gameplay videos on our youtube channel it's youtube.com slash the guardian project and you can email us at guardian project pod at gmail.com what is on the agenda this week uh this week you know it's our it's our second episode after the full release of kamigawa neon dynasty so as as per usual uh we are going to review our favorite combos uh by going on over to commanderspellbook.com and look at some of these brand new combos that have been enabled by new cards here from kamigawa neon dynasty all right i'm gonna put down this card i'm gonna put down this card Mm -hmm. oops i win it's a combo So in case you aren't aware, commanderspellbook.com is a really amazing tool for commander players where you can 
type in either a commander or you can type in a card that you're looking for that combos with something. Um, to find combos that work out for your deck, you're not only going to find maybe game-winning combos, but some super combos that are really interesting, uh, maybe convoluted, but at its base, it's a really, really cool tool to find super synergistic cards for your decks and to really up some strategies that you're playing with. So we really like to go through these after every set has been fully previewed mm -hmm. and talk about some of the combos that we think are just really cool and that we would play. Yeah, so, so sometimes we even do it like when we're doing deck techs and stuff too for other people. Maybe we don't have any suggestions. We'll just pop on over to Commander Spellbook and go, oh, I didn't realize that this guy had an infinite combo that just got enabled, uh, you know, a, a set and a half ago that I missed. It's like some a, a tool that we would use alongside like edhrec.com or uh, something like that. So if you're not using it, you need to you need to start. Yeah, using check it, it out because if you're if you're looking for ways to close out games or maybe your decks are not doing what you want them to do and maybe you want to give it a little bit more oomph, you some can spice. do that. Um, yeah, even some style points. So um, let's start out with five colors. We'll mm -hmm. we'll start with the most and then we'll you know we'll we'll scale it back uh, after this and let's start with. A combo that is going to result in uh, infinite turns. And I guess I should also mention that this feels like an extra turns episode because there's so many extra turn combos that have been enabled with oh, yeah. these new cards. So we did try to split them all up. So you're not going to hear us talk about 11 in a row. It might not be 11, but it's quite a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so this first one here is Go Shintai of Life's Origin. So this is the new uh, commander exclusive card that would come in these set boosters. Um, and it is a legendary enchantment creature shrine. It's a 3-4 for 3 and a green. And it has an activated ability of pay uh, Wooberg, so white, blue, black, red, green. And you tap it to return target enchantment from your graveyard to the battlefield. And whenever Goshintai of Life's Origin or another non-token shrine enters the battlefield, under your control, you create a 1-1 colorless shrine enchantment creature token. So um, it's it's really, um, it, it just, it looks at, at face value as the best shrine commander we certainly have the new sisse that had come out the newer sisse that people were using as a shrine commander i have a feeling we'll see a lot more of this mm -hmm. but combining that with an enchantment um quite old second chance it's an enchantment for two and a blue that says during your upkeep if you have five or less life sacrifice second chance and take an extra turn after this one so um, all you have to do is have both Goshintai of Life's Origin and Second Chance on the battlefield, and you just need to have five or less life. So you're in five colors. You can easily make that happen with lots of cards to pay life or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and, and what you do is at the beginning of your upkeep, Second Chance is going to trigger. You sacrifice it, and you're going to take an extra turn. And then you're going to activate Goshintai of Life's Origin and pay five mana and return second chance from your graveyard to the battlefield. Mm -hmm. And you're just going to do that every single turn. Um, and since second chance enters the battlefield, you're going to make a 1-1 colorless shrine enchantment creature token. So you will at, at least be able to show, I'm making a creature, I can close out the game. I'm, I'm not like looking for another card here. So uh, actually, the second ability is whenever another non-token shrine enters the battlefield under your control. Oh, that's correct. So it's not just making a shrine. So so well, okay. So you're probably playing other shrines. You gotta play. You definitely are playing other you're shrines. Probably playing at least one shrine. I, I really do love this as like a game-ending combo for a shrine deck because if if you haven't played a shrine deck before, played against a shrine deck before, you're gonna see it's a little bit of a grindy uh, type of deck that's all about incremental. Um, 
putting your opponent at a disadvantage somehow, whether that's taking away their life, making them discard cards or milling them. But it's going to take a lot of turns and a lot of upkeep triggers in order to do that. So I love this as an infinite turns uh, combo way to, to, to end the game. We saw this uh, last time I saw Second Chance. It goes infinite with like Muldrotha too, because you can just cast it from your graveyard. Um, oh, yeah, I've seen that. You yeah. do you do have to get your life total down um, to, to five or less, which is easy with like a Necropotence or something like that. And any way to pay life. Um, and you're in five colors with Goshen so I'm sure there's even more ways than you could with Meldrotha before. So um, definitely, if you're not considering a, a win con in your Shrines deck, please do. And Second Chance is a great option here. Yeah. Uh, so one of the legendary dragon creatures that I really liked it. Um, I mean, all the legendary dragons have death triggers, which I love. I love playing with my graveyard and everything. Um, but one of the best ones I will say is the mono red one at sushi, the blazing sky. Um, at sushi is a four mana, four, four dragon spirit. So for two red, red, you get a four, four flying trample dragon spirit that says when at sushi, the blazing sky dies, you choose one, you either exile the top two cards of your library and until end of turn at uh, the end of your next turn you may play those cards or you create three treasure tokens um, that's going to be the important death trigger that we're talking about here is creating those three treasure tokens in combination with two of my favorite cards in all of magic the gathering we have ashnod's altar for three generic mana it's an artifact that says sacrifice a creature to add two colorless to your mana pool and nim death mantle a two mana artifact equipment that says equipped creature gets plus two plus two has intimidate and is a black zombie and the important part of the text here, whenever a non-token creature is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, you may pay four generic mana. And if you do, return that card to the battlefield and attach Nim Death Mantle to it. It also has an equip cost of four, um, but we're hopefully getting around that uh, equip cost by killing Atsushi with Ashnod's Altar. So uh, you have to have Atsushi, Nim Death Mantle, and Ashnod's Altar on the battlefield in order to begin the combo. You kill Atsushi with Ashnod's Altar, sending it to your graveyard, adding two generic mana to your mana pool. You use Atsushi's second ability to create three treasure tokens, which you now have three of any color and two uh, colorless, which allows you to pay four mana into Nim Death Mantle to return Atsushi to the battlefield, leaving you with one treasure token um, or one yeah. colorless mana if you decided to do it that way, I suppose. Um, <laughs> but you get one treasure token. You can repeat this to um, infinite and in infinitum to get infinite treasure tokens. You have internet enter the battlefield and death triggers. And on top of that, you can actually continue um, to loop it since you now have infinite treasure tokens. You consider yourself to have infinite mana. Continue to loop at sushi to then exile your entire graveyard if you want to um, with that sushi's other death trigger. So uh, lots of ways you can win that way. You know, you'll, you'll end up exiling your win cons uh, and be able to play them so very and we're cool. exiling what the top two cards of our library right yeah exactly the top top two cards of your library until the end of yeah. your next turn you may play those cards yeah that's very very cool um i'm going to talk about another infinite infinite turns combo here but this one is in four colors so um some of you may have heard of Atraxa, you know, pretty popular mm -hmm, commander. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. is four colors, green, white, blue, black, a 4-4 four, four flying, vigilance, death touch, lifelink, angel horror that says at the beginning of your end step, you proliferate. So you can put extra counters that are already on a permanent. You can put an extra one onto that permanent. And we've seen lots of combos with the card Sage of Hours before. So Sage of Hours is a 1-1 one, one human wizard for one and a blue. It has heroics. Whenever you cast a spell that targets it, you put a plus one, plus one counter on it. But it says when you remove all plus one, plus one counters from it, for every five you remove, you can take an extra turn. 
Um, with the new card, Myojin of Towering Might, you can go infinite. So Myojin of Towering Might is an 8-8 spirit legendary creature for five green, green, green. It says when it enters the battlefield, uh, it enters with an indestructible counter on it if you cast it from your hand. So you are going to have to cast it from your hand. And then it says remove an indestructible counter from Myojin of Towering Might. You distribute eight plus one plus one counters among any number of target creatures you control. They gain trample until end of turn. So all you have to do here is have all three of these cards on the battlefield. Myojin of Towering Might has to have at least one indestructible counter on it, and you're going to have to proliferate that because you can't remove the last counter. So essentially, at the beginning of your end step, Atrax is going to put an extra indestructible counter on Myojin. You activate Myojin by removing one of those indestructible counters, and you put five plus one plus one counters on Sage of Hours and the remaining three plus one plus one counters really on any creature you want because you have to remove all the counters at the same time. So it might not really make sense to put all of them on Sage of Hours. And then you take an extra turn by removing all those plus one plus one counters from Sage of Hours. So removing all five and you repeat this every turn. Um, this is, it's pretty cool. It's a lot of mana for this one, but it mm -hmm. is nice that you have access to this in four colors. Is this the best extra turn that you could do probably in these colors? M maybe not. But if, you, if you're playing an Atraxa extra turns uh, deck, you've got another combo here. For sure. Even in Atraxa plus one plus one counters deck, you, yeah. might, you might accidentally be playing these two cards already in your decks. That'd be, that's totally cool. Um, so the face commander for the modified deck is going to be the next uh, new card we're talking about here, and that's Chishiro the Shattered Blade. So this is a uh, four mana, four, four snake samurai. So for two, a red and a green, you get a legendary creature that says whenever an aura or equipment enters the battlefield under your control, create a two, two red spirit creature token with menace. At the beginning of your next end step, sorry, at the beginning of your end step, put a plus one plus one counter on each modified creature you control. Um, that part of our commander really isn't going to matter. Um, but the other three cards in this combo are uh, Crown of Flames, which is a one mana enchant creature uh, that has two activatable abilities. Uh, you can pay a red to have enchanted creature get plus one plus oh until end of turn, or you can pay a red to return Crown of Flames to its owner's hand. That will be the important activated ability of that card. We have Phyrexian Altar, one of my favorite cards in Magic. It is a three generic mana uh, altar that allows you to sacrifice a creature to add one mana of any color. And then any token doubler. Uh, in this instance, we're looking at Parallel Lives, but you can do a Primal Vigor or Doubling Season. Um, and, and this is just going to uh, say if, if an effect would create a token under your control, you create two of those tokens instead or double the amount of tokens instead. Um, so you're going to have to have Crown of Flames in your hand, uh, all other permanents on the battlefield, uh, one red available and one other creature that can um, or no, sorry, you don't need another creature for this one. I'm thinking of a different combo that's later in the episode. Uh, so what you have to do is you have to cast Crown of Flames by paying the red mana that you have access to targeting any creature you control. Crown of Flames will enter the battlefield, triggering Chishiro, creating your 2-2 two -two, uh, spirit tokens. Um, and you will get two of them because of your token doubler. You can activate Phyrexian Altar twice by sacrificing both. Um, you can do one at a time. You have to sacrifice one for a red mana to return your Crown of Flames to your hand. Uh, and then you can sacrifice the other one to get the other red mana in order to cast your Crown of Flames. This allows you to have infinite enter the battlefield triggers, leave the battlefield triggers, death triggers, sacrifice triggers. And since you're casting the Crown of Flames every single time it gets returned to your hand, you're also going to have infinite storm count, which 
you know, I guess in red green, those are kind of the best colors for storm. You, you would think blue, but I think the actual like spells that you get off of it, like grape shot or um, chatter storm and stuff that, that maybe you could build those into this deck and have a million one, one squirrels or do a million damage to everybody's face. Yeah. I, I think it's really cool. Um, I <clears throat> was saying before we started recording today, Toshiro, it wasn't calling out to me. I mentioned earlier that we were much more interested in what the vehicles deck was doing. But mm -hmm. after seeing some of these, I was like, oh, man, this is a this is a really this is a combo centric deck the way that I cool. would build it. And I, I like it a lot. Mm -hmm. Now, let's shift over to a card that we talked about last week, a card that we were both excited for mirror box. So this is the new card we're going to include in this combo. Uh, an artifact that costs three mana. It says the legend rule doesn't apply to permanence you control. Uh, each legendary creature you control gets plus one, plus one. And each non-token creature you control gets plus one, plus one for each other creature you control with the same name as that creature. Um, this can actually go infinite here um, and, and give you infinite combat phases uh, if you play it with Aurelia the War Leader and Splinter Twin, which is really, really cool. So Aurelia the War Leader is a 3-4 angel uh, for two red, red, white, white, it has flying vigilance and haste. And it says whenever Aurelia the war leader attacks for the first time each turn, untap all creatures you control after this phase, there's an additional combat phase. Um, and when you pair that with splinter twins, so it is an enchantment aura for two red, red that says enchant creature. Enchanted creature has tap, put a token that's a copy of this creature onto the battlefield and it has haste, exile it at the beginning of the next end step. So essentially, you're going to put Splinter Twin on Aurelia, and you're going to be able to make copies of Aurelia that can swing on each extra combat. So um, you go to your combat phase, you attack with your Aurelia. Aurelia is going to trigger untapping all of your creatures, and you'll get an extra combat phase. Now, this Aurelia can't swing. It's, it, it does say whenever it attacks for the first time, you untap all these creatures. Um, it I guess it can swing. It can't it can't trigger this ability again. Right. So you tap it with you tap it to uh, make another copy of it with Splinter Twin. Right. And you go to that combat phase and then that Aurelia is going to swing, untapping the original Aurelia and itself. And uh, you're just going to end up taking infinite combats. Yeah. And they're all just going to get larger and larger because they're all non-token creatures that have the same name as each other. Yeah, that's really cool. And... I, I I mean I like that they're all going to get super big and um this is this to me feels like um helm of the host at home yes like, yeah so this is this is your mom saying uh you know I want to buy helm of the host we have helm of the host at home it's mirror box and splinter twin uh so that's very very cool let's stay on the boros plan and keep talking about mirror box though because I think there's another really cool combo here um, so again we're talking about mirror box like Andy just explained but in combination now with a different angel this is Gisela blade of gold knight along with the equipment blade of selves so Gisela blade of gold knight is uh, an angel five five for four a red and a white white with flying and first strike, this says if a source would deal damage to an opponent or a permanent on opponent controls, that source deals double that damage to that player or permanent instead. And if a source would deal damage to you or a permanent you control, prevent half of that damage rounded up. Um, that part of the text isn't really relevant. It's the double damage that we really care about here. And Blade of Selves is an equipment uh, that I like to call Blade of the Myriad uh, that says equip creature has myriad. And what that means is whenever uh, that the equip creature attacks for each opponent other than the defending player, you may create a 
token that's a copy of that creature that's tapped and attacking that player or a planeswalker they control, exile the tokens at end of combat. Um, so the combo is just having all three of these cards on the battlefield and having Blade of Cells attached to Gisela. Um, Gisela doesn't have haste, so you have to find a way to either give Gisela haste or wait one turn until Gisela no longer has summoning sickness. Uh, and then you have to have make it so that your opponents are unable to block flying creatures that you control, whether they just don't have blockers or you have a way of making them unblockable. Um, and you have to have at least three opponents. But what this will allow you to do is attack with Gisela, trigger your Blade of Selves and the Myriad trigger to create uh, two more tapped and attacking uh, Gisela's that will not die because of your mirror box. And then each Gisela deals uh, at least... <laughs> 48 combat damage to each opponent because you have the Gisela, the first Gisela that doubles, the next Gisela that doubles that, and the next Gisela that doubles that. So you're having double, double, double uh, from your five power and getting you all the way up to 48. So it's a pretty crazy amount of damage. Yeah, because the mirror box is giving plus one, plus one for each creature that shares the same name exactly. as it. This one is a lot of math, but if you make it happen, chances are. I will die. <laughs> this one, this one's very, very cool. Um, now let's jump back to one more extra turn uh, combo here. So this is using Sage of Hours again. So this is one that we talked about. The one-one human wizard for one and a blue. Um, if you have five plus one plus one counters on it, you can remove all of them. Um, I mean, I guess you can remove them at any time. But as long as you have five, you remove them. You're going to take an extra turn after this one. Um, this works really well with a new card, Awakened Awareness. So this is an aura, enchant artifact or creature. Um, it costs X blue blue. And it says when Awakened Awareness enters the battlefield, put X plus one plus one counters on enchanted permanent. As long as the enchanted permanent is a creature, it has base power and toughness one one. Um, the reason this works um, is you do need one additional card here with either Shimmerwing Chimera or Riptide Chimera. So these are both cards that had come from uh, Theros. Uh, one is from Theros Beyond Death, the other from Journey to Nyx. But what essentially these are doing is these are allowing you to return an enchantment you control to your hand at the beginning of your upkeep. So Shimmerwing Chimera is a flying creature that has at the beginning of your upkeep return up to one other target enchantment you control to its owner's hand riptide chimera again a three four flying creature um, that says at the beginning of your upkeep return and enchantment you control to its owner's hand so essentially what you have to do is you're playing awakened awareness for x equals five so you're going to enchant your sage of hours and put five plus one plus one counters on it you're going to remove those five plus one plus one counters to take an extra turn. When you go to your next turn, the either the Shimmering Chimera or the Riptide Chimera will trigger, and you return the Awakened Awareness aura from your from the battlefield to your hand. You just have to have seven mana available each turn. So it it is it is mana intensive, mm -hmm. um, but you're in mono blue. I mean, you can pair it with another color. A lot of extra turns decks are are playing blue green. I've seen the Sage of Hours in Voral decks, but again. This fits into the Atraxa deck we talked about earlier if someone oh, yeah. was playing this. So uh, another infinite turn using cards that we don't see. Shimmering Chimera, Riptide Chimera are not seen very often. And Awakened Awareness is a, a, a cool card that I did not have on my radar. Yeah, very cool. And and it's nice that you only need seven mana to start it. And then 
hopefully every extra turn you take after that, you're hitting your land drops and all that kind of stuff. So you'll, I mean, you should eventually win. I sure hope you can at least. Fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's go back to Chishiro here for a second because there's another combo. Before we talked about an aura that we could return to our hand uh, by spending one red mana. Um, now we're going to talk about an aura that's going to return to our hand automatically. So again, Chishiro, our new uh, four mana Snake Samurai 4-4. Four, four. The important part whenever an aura or equipment enters the battlefield under your control, create a 2-2 red spirit creature token with menace. Again, we have Phyrexian Altar here to sacrifice the creature and add one mana of any color. Uh, it's a three generic mana artifact. And our new aura here is well, a very old aura in Magic's history, and that's Rancor. So Rancor is a one green enchantment aura that says enchant creature. Enchanted creature gets plus two, plus zero, oh, and has trample. And the important text here, when Rancor is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, return Rancor to its owner's hand. Um, so the prerequisites for this combo is Rancor in hand, all other permanents on the battlefield, one other creature. So I know I kind of uh, messed up the last time I was talking about Shishiro here. You, for this one, you do need one other creature that isn't Shishiro that you're going to be end up targeting with your Rancor. Uh, and then in order to start this combo, you do need to have one green mana available to cast Rancor at the beginning. So you're going to cast Rancor on your one non Shishiro creature that you have. Uh, you'll be able to sacrifice uh, that creature to make one green mana with your Phyrexian Altar. As that creature dies, Rancor is going to get returned to your hand. When, uh, I skipped a little bit of a step. When you cast Rancor, Chishiro will trigger creating the 2-2 uh, right. spirit creature yep. token for you. Um, Rancor is going to go back to your hand. You're going to have one green floating from sacrificing your original creature to Phyrexian Altar. You're going to be able to recast your Rancor now on that 2-2 spirit, um, making another 2-2 spirit. You can sacrifice the one that has Rancor attached to it. Uh, and what this is going to end up doing is have infinite enter the battlefield triggers, infinite leave the battlefield triggers, uh, infinite death triggers, infinite sacrifice triggers. And then also, since you're casting Rancor every single time, you're also going to have an infinite storm count. So if you're if you're running this, maybe you I mean maybe you run this with some enchantress cards, you could do that. Or add like a card like impact tremors, right? And whenever oh, yeah. a creature enters, you just you're gonna deal a damage. So you could you could close out the game mm -hmm. pretty quickly. We and this seems to fit pretty pretty easily, I guess, into the mm -hmm. other Toshiro combo. They they're using similar, you know. For sure. Similar and, cards for, for similar reasons, and, right? Yeah, and we even talked about some of these other combos having token doublers and, and stuff in that. Right. And you, you throw that in there, now you're talking about infinite mana and all that. And yeah, no, there's, and, and even doubling season, doubling season with Shishiro with the whole modified thing, doubling your counters, doubling your tokens, it just seems like there would be a shoe in in the deck. Maybe a little expensive for some people's tastes, but it does work to help the combo out. Right. Um, we have an infinite uh infinite colorless mana here um using cards that we have we have not we have not seen um used in this way before so the new card here is tezzeret betrayer of flesh uh legendary planeswalker tezzeret for loyalty for two blue blue uh tezzeret says the first activated ability of an artifact you activate each turn costs two less to activate and then it has three uh, loyalty ability so the, there's a plus one to draw two cards and then discard two cards unless you discard an artifact a minus two to have target artifact become an artifact creature if it isn't a vehicle it has base power and toughness four four and then minus six you get an emblem with whenever an artifact you control becomes tapped you can draw a card so if you pair that with cards that um will 
tap for mana, uh, quite a bit of mana, and you can turn them into a creature somehow, uh, we can go infinite. So we're looking here at Basalt Monolith and Training Grounds. So we've seen cards like Training Grounds and Basalt Monolith before. Basalt Monolith, pretty po pretty popular to be paired with like a Mesmeric Orb to, you know, mill yourself, self-mill. Oh, yeah. um, <clears throat> and Training Grounds is an enchantment that says activated abilities of creatures you control cost up to two less to activate. This effect can't reduce the amount of mana uh, less than one and that just costs one blue and basalt monolith is an artifact it taps for three 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 colorless mana and you have to pay three to untap it and it doesn't untap during your untap step so essentially you need to just have all three of these cards on the battlefield tezzeret needs to have at least two loyalty because we're going to use that minus two ability to turn an artifact into a creature so um you're going to activate tezzeret to turn that basalt monolith into a 4-4 creature and then basalt monolith can't have summoning sickness so it needs to have been out for like at least a turn mm -hmm. so you turn the basalt monolith into a 4-4 creature uh training ground says you can reduce the activated abilities of creatures by two so you can tap the basalt monolith to make three mana you activate its second ability because it costs two less now instead of paying three to untap it you pay one to untap it so you are netting two mana you're getting infinite colorless here and i guess if you have tap triggers that matter whenever something becomes tapped uh you also have that yeah or maybe maybe in combination with like a chromatic ori or something you can filter that colorless mana into colored mana or something but it is cool to see basalt monolith i mean maybe some people <laughs> maybe some people are sick of seeing basalt monolith comboing but we've seen it like zerta the dawn waker that doesn't care if it's a creature any permanent um activated ability will cost one less from uh um Oh, Ikoria. That was the plane that that one was from. It was. Um, and indeed. then ring, <laughs> Rings of Bright Hearth that can double uh, activated ability triggers. But again, those are really expensive. And I guess Training Grounds is pretty expensive too. But it's it's cool to see it all in one color in mono blue here uh, using our new Tezzeret friend. So right. awesome. So um, here is another uh, combo that we have definitely seen this combination of cards before. Yes. Um, but we're going to look at it in a little bit of a newer way, I suppose. Yeah, uh, a different a different light. A di yeah, a different light to the same combo, but still very, very strong. Uh, so this is using two brand new cards. Um, and really, it could it could use one, only one brand new card. But we got another card that's going to uh, reduce uh, costs of our artifact spells in Enthusiastic Mechanaut. So Enthusiastic Mechanaut for blue and a red, you get a 2-2 Goblin Artificer with flying that says artifact spells you, you cast cost one less to cast. Um, in combination with another brand new card we have, the Reality Chip, our legendary artifact creature equipment jellyfish. Uh, <laughs> for one and a blue, you get a 0-4. It says you can look at the top card of your library, and it has reconfigure for two and a blue. And as it is reconfigured onto one of your creatures or vehicles, um, you can then play lands and cast spells from the top of your library. Now, in combination with... a you know, on flavor, a Kamigawa card, Sensei's Divining Top, for one generic mana, you get an artifact that has pay one generic to look at the top three cards of your library and put them back in any order, or tap to draw a card and then put Sensei's Divining Top 
on top of its owner's library. So if you have all three of these cards on the battlefield with reality chip modifying any creature, it could be uh, even modifying enthusiastic mechanod if you want, so that you only have to have these three permanents on the battlefield. What it's gonna allow you to do is draw a card using Sensei's Divining Top's activatable ability, put Sensei's Divining Top on top of your library, and since enthusiastic mechanod is reducing cost of artifacts by one, Sensei's Divining Top's new casting cost is zero. So you can cast it for zero right off the top of your library and repeat that until you've drawn your hand or if you want to actually cast something that's on the top of your library that isn't sensei's divining top um it, it does give you pseudo infinite storm technically you're limited by how many cards you have left in your library um, but you'll be able to draw your entire deck and you're already in blue so maybe you're playing a thassa's oracle type of win condition already and and you'll win that way yeah, Lab Maniac or Jace Wielder of Mysteries. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's 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 pretty cool to see. Um, we've seen it before, like you said, with things like Aetherflux Reservoir and Bolasa Citadel when mm -hmm. you're in, in black. So um, cool to see. And is it there? Um, all right, we we have another extra extra infinite turns uh, combo here. So this is with Heiko Yamazaki the General. Um, so uh, Heiko Yamazaki the General is a legendary human samurai. It's a 3-3 with trample for three and a red and says whenever a samurai or warrior you control attacks alone, you may cast target artifact card from your graveyard this turn. If you if you pair this with something that we have seen before in the past, uh, cards Core Tapper and Magistrate Scepter, you can go infinite. So Magistrate Scepter is an artifact that costs three mana. It says pay four and tap it to put a charge counter on Magistrate Scepter. And then you can tap it, remove three counters from Magistrate Scepter to take an extra turn. So it's quite a bit of mana to do. Um, and with Core Tapper, it's a 1-1 artifact mirror, and it, uh, it costs two mana and says tap, put a charge counter on target artifact. You can sacrifice Core Tapper and put two charge counters on target artifact. So all you have to do is put all these permanents on the battlefield. The Core Tapper does not have summoning sickness because you're going to be able to tap that to put a charge counter on something. And then you have a samurai or a warrior that can attack each turn. An opponent cannot block or kill it. So it can be it can be Heiko Yamazaki. Um, <clears throat> but again, you're relying on the fact that an opponent doesn't have a creature. Mm. Um, and then you just have to have two colorless mana. So essentially what you're going to do is you're going to activate Core Tapper's ability and put a charge counter on the Magistrate Scepter. So you've got one of the three that you need. Then you're going to activate Core Tapper's second ability by sacrificing it. And you're going to put two more charge counters on Magistrate Scepter. Then you activate the scepter, you tap it, and you remove the three counters on it. Now you're going to have an extra turn lined up. So now you go to combat, and you you attack with any warrior or samurai, um, and no other attackers. It has to be just one. Heiko is going to trigger, and then you can cast that core tapper from your graveyard, and then you cast it by paying two colorless mana, and then you go to your next turn. So we've seen combos before, and, and, and not related to this deck, we've seen where cards that, uh, like Port Razor, you, you can, if someone doesn't have a blocker, the game mm -hmm. can kind of just end, and not even just Port Razor, but you, things have happened before. And if you can land into a, a position where somebody can't block, you oh, can yeah. just take one person out at a time and then just deal with a one-on-one -on -one game, you know? Mm -hmm. But, it, you know, the, the stars align when people can't block any of your creatures. And if you're taking extra turns, assuming you're going to make your land drops, you might be able to play cards like Access Tunnel, which gives Heiko Yamazaki unblockable. Mm -hmm. Another reason to play 
access tunnel. I'm glad you said it because I was just about to suggest <laughs> it. For three more Rome's generic passage, mana. okay. Yes, three more generic mana and an access tunnel. And all of a sudden, you don't need another creature. Yeah, so you, you got thing. extra extra turns here in, in mono red, infinite turns in mono red. But I've seen Magistrate Scepter played in, in Simic decks, in blue green decks before. So this is it's, it's cool to see and I would love, I would like to see it. Yes, yes, I would too. Um, but... I pulled a card that is a, uh, a set booster exclusive, one of those commander cards uh, mm -hmm. that is going to go infinite. Another one of these Myosian. Um, actually, no. You know what, Andy? I'm going to leave that one to you. Why don't you, okay. why don't you walk us through the Myosian of, the Myogen Blooming, of Dawn. Blooming Dawn? Yeah. So this is another one of the, uh, the, the set and collector booster exclusive. So Myogen of Blooming Dawn is a 4-6 legendary spirit, 5 white, white, white. So 8 mana. And it says when it enters the battlefield, it has an indestructible counter on it if you cast it from your hand. So again, you must cast this from your hand. And then it says remove an indestructible counter from Myogen of Blooming Dawn. And you create a 1-1 one, one spirit creature for each permanent you control. So permanents that include your lands. Mm -hmm. um, if you pair this with Phyrexian Altar, which we've mentioned already, an artifact, it lets you sack a creature to add one mana of any color to your mana pool, and the card Viral Drake. It's a 1-4 flying infect creature for three and a blue, and it says pay three and a blue to proliferate. So essentially, all you have to do is have all of these permanents on the battlefield, Myogen of Blooming Dawn has to have an indestructible counter on it, and then you're going to need at least two other permanents. So it can be lands, it could be creature, it could be whatever you want. And then you have four mana to proliferate with your Viral Drake. So you proliferate and you get an extra indestructible counter on Myogen of Blooming Dawn. You remove an indestructible counter from it and you make a 1-1 spirit for each permanent you control. So assuming you make at least five, you can activate the Phyrexian Altar by sacrificing four spirit tokens adding three mana of any color to your mana pool. You rinse and repeat, and you're going you're gonna to make infinite creature tokens. You can have infinite color mana, infinite enters the battlefield, leaves the battlefield, death triggers, sacrifice triggers, whatever you want in Azorius. That's fantastic. I um, think it's really cool. I didn't know if I was going to see these Myogens appear anywhere combo-wise, right? and they are very expensive and have to be cast in your hands. So you, you actually have to do the thing. You can't mm -hmm. just reanimate it. Um, I thought about this for Niambi, and I was like, it's just going to be a 4-6 then. I don't... Right. Because I don't usually cast the cards in Niambi. <laughs> right. Now, I was, I was thinking about this since we talked about that, and there there is a permanent that they released in Ikoria called um, the Ozolith. That, that you could technically get indestructible counters on yes. the Ozolith and then yes, transfer them to a Myosian. And I think there's there's easier ways to get indestructible counters in Ikoria. So maybe there is actually like a viable line because because we were talking about how Myosian as commanders were, you know, a little bit weird because without returning them to your hand and casting them for your hand, you'll never get the indestructible counter. And then really, it's just a big vanilla creature at that point. Right. right. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I'd love to see if you if you already have like uh, uh, the Ozolith in your Myosian deck, I want to see your deck list because I want to see what you're doing with it. Yeah, tweet, tweet at us with your Myosian deck list. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Weaver of Harmony is another creature that we're seeing um, combo off here. And, and people, I, honestly, I like this card outside of just comboing as well um, to uh, 
uh, double our enchantment trigger. So Weaver of Harmony for one and a green. We get a 2-2 enchantment creature snake druid. It says other enchantment creatures you control get plus one plus one and has an activated ability of pay a green, tap, and copy target activated or triggered ability you control from an enchantment source. You may choose new targets for the copy. Um, we are going to uh, combo that with Sanctum of Fruitful Harvest from M21. <laughs> fruitful Harvest. Fruitful Harvest. It's a harvest of fruit, and we are fruit. very full about it. Yes. Uh, so this is a two and a green legendary enchantment shrine. This is at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase at X mana of any one color, where X is the number of shrines you control, and an equipment that everyone loves for their kiki-jiki decks out there. Or no, sorry, for their Cranko mob boss decks out there. Wrong Goblin, my bad. Uh, Umbral Mantle. Umbral Mantle yes. is a three generic mana equipment. This is equipped creature has pay three, untap this creature, and it gets plus two, plus two until end of turn, and has an equip cost for zero. So the prerequisites for this combat are all permanents on the battlefield. Umbral Mantle is attached to Weaver of Harmony. Weaver of Harmony does not have summoning sickness, and you control at least four other <laughs> shrines so we're assuming you're probably playing this in your shrine deck with goshentai or even a, a you know the the sise sise weatherlight captain or the, the yes. new one it's yes. it's a little misleading to call this combo mono green uh with that caveat of at least four other shrines <laughs> <laughs> um, but you do need to have at least one green available in order to start the combo and what you're going to be doing is at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase your sanctum of fruitful harvest is going to trigger holding priority you're going to be able to activate weaver of harmony by paying the one green mana that you had in order to copy sanctum of fruitful harvest ability um, when it resolves you're going to be adding at least five green mana per trigger um, and then activate weaver of harmony by paying three and untapping it and it gives plus two plus two until end of turn and you'll be able to pay one of the green back into it to double the trigger again um, get another five green mana out of it and what it's going to do is give you um, infinite colored mana because once you get enough green mana um, you can say you know I activate this until I have a billion green mana then you can start activating it with your billion green mana to make mana of all the other colors that you want right um, yeah. and then you will also have an infinitely large weaver of harmony in case you can somehow uh, swing to win so maybe even before you activate it first you're gonna before it gets to four power you're gonna want to activate your access tunnel on weaver of harmony yeah you, you activate the access tunnel real early or I guess you can have a back up rogues passage i guess i mean why not I both guess. why not both yeah this is really cool I, I, again it kind of it, I mean, it doesn't kind of it really only fits in a shrine deck mm -hmm. um maybe changeling tribal it's possible oh that's that okay okay oh wait no. no no shrine, no shrine shrines is not a creature a, type that's it's right a, this is an enchantment type that's right never mind so, yeah no it that yeah you're gonna be playing a shrine deck mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah shrine deck so very, very cool um all right, we have another extra turn. <laughs> this one is really cool, though, because it's another moon folk that's going to take an extra turn. Um, and, and I used to play Maloku the Clouded Mirror, but that is not what this is. But it is using similar cards, but adding a color for uh, Tamishi Reality Architect. So this is a legendary creature, moon folk wizard. It's a 2-3 for two and a blue. And it says whenever one or more non-creature permanents are returned to hand, draw a card. This ability triggers only once each turn. And to me, she has an ability that says pay X in a white, return a land you control to its owner's hand, and return target artifact or enchantment card with mana value X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. 
activate only as a sorcery. So this is just a really cool card to just do generic things with, but it can do some pretty gross things like take infinite turns. Mm -hmm. So if you pair this with an extra turn spell, it can it can really be any extra turn spell that isn't going to get exiled. So for example, a walk the Aeons, it says target player takes an extra turn after this for four blue blue. And you pair that with Mystic Sanctuary. So Mystic Sanctuary is an island from Throne of Eldraine. It says when it enters the battlefield, it enters tapped unless you control three or more other islands. And when it enters the battlefield untapped, put target instant or sorcery from your graveyard on top of your library. And finally, you can pair this with either Urza's Bobble or Mishra's Bobble. So these are both zero mana artifacts. Urza's Bobble says... Uh, Tap it, sacrifice it, look at a card at random in target player's hand, and then you draw a card at the beginning of the next upkeep. And Mishra's Bobble says, tap it, look at the top card of target player's library, draw a card at the beginning of the next turn's upkeep. So essentially what you have to have here is all your permanents have to be on the battlefield and your extra turn spell has to be in hand. You're able to put a land into play, so you have to be able to play your Mystic Sanctuary. You still have to have three other islands because it's going to have to come in untapped. And you have to have seven mana available. So you have to be able to activate Tamishi to return a land to your hand. And you have to have the mana to cast your extra turn spell. So that, that mana you need to have available is going to differ based on the extra turn spell of your choice. So essentially here, you're going to activate either your Urza's Bobble or your Mishra's Bobble by tapping and sacrificing it, looking at a card at random or on top of someone's library. Um, and then on your next turn, you'll draw um, a card at the beginning of that turn's upkeep. Then you're going to activate Tamishi by paying a white mana. So you X is zero. You're going to return that Mystic Sanctuary from the battlefield to your hand. And then you're going to put your artifact that costs zero mana um, from the graveyard onto the battlefield. You're going to cast your extra turn spell and you're going to take an extra turn after this one. And then you play your Mystic Sanctuary for turn. You're going to put your extra turn spell from your graveyard on top of your library. And now your artifact is back onto the battlefield. And when you move to your next turn, you're going to draw an you're going to draw a card at your upkeep, and you're going to end up drawing your extra turn spell and then a card for turn. So you're going to just take infinite turns here. So you've you've taken a, a combo deck that was already very good in mono blue with Maloku, and you've added white to get some of the best removal in the game. Mm -hmm. This is pretty nasty. I expect to see this appear a couple of times, um, but I don't know if I have the heart to do it again. Oh, I don't know if do I can do it. We'll I don't just, know. We'll go to we'll go to another command fest and play two <laughs> two headed giant CEDH oh, commander, and and get blown out by someone playing an enchantment called uh, Stranglehold that makes it so that I can't tutor with the four tutors that are in my hand. Yeah, exactly. So uh, let's pick two more here. Um, Sure. And uh, wrap up our show this week. Absolutely. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to pick one that isn't an extra turns uh, combo. Sure. Um, I'm going to pick one that actually includes the color black. So this is again using the uh, legendary artifact creature equipment jellyfish, the reality chip. Um, which is, again, a two mana, zero four uh, with reconfigure for two and a blue. And when it's reconfigured on something, it allows you to cast spells from the top of your library or play lands in combination with an enchantment called Mortuary for three and a black. An enchantment says whenever any creature is put into your graveyard from play, put that creature on top of your library. And then any creature that both costs zero and has base toughness zero. And you might think, 
I, I don't understand. I don't know any creatures that are like that. They're they're typically X spell creatures, and they get plus one plus one counters uh, depending on what the X is. So like endless one uh, is an Eldrazi for X. It's a zero zero. It gets X plus one plus one counters. Hangerback Walker is another one. Um, X X enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters. Um, and Walking Ballista is another one. XX enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters. But it doesn't matter because we're going to be casting them for zero in this combination anyways. So what we want is Hangerback Walker or any of those um, X spell creatures in our hand. All other permanents on the battlefield and Reality Chip is m- reconfigured onto one of the creatures that we have. We're going to cast Hangerback Walker for zero. It's going to automatically die due to state-based actions for having zero toughness. Mortuary is going to trigger putting Hangerback Walker back on top of our library. And since the reality ship is configured to one of our creatures, we can cast stuff from the top of our library and we'll again cast Hangerback Walker for zero, killing it, goes to the graveyard, goes back to the top of our library, and we will just repeat that infinitely to have infinite enter the battlefield, leave the battlefield, uh, death triggers, and since we are casting the spell from the top of our library every time, infinite storm count. Yeah, you'll probably want another card to cast because if you're not going to, I guess if you just keep doing this, you're not going to actually <laughs> advance in any additional cards. But assuming you have more than just uh, the reality chip on something and just these, um, this is it's pretty cool. And we yeah. did get to add black and we're not doing infinite turns for this yeah. this combo. M- maybe you can add like a grim horror specs in here that allows you to draw a card because technically you don't have to cast hanger back walker or the other X spell from the top of your library. You could cast it from your hand and just like net one card every single time. So maybe you'll do something like that. Yeah. Let's end on mono red here with a new card, Goro Goro, Disciple of Ryose. So this is a 2-2 Goblin Samurai for one and a red that has pay one red creatures you control gain haste until end of turn, which I think is such a strong card and I'm not looking forward to losing to many a Goblin decks uh, (laughs) that just add this. But it also has a second ability for uh, five mana, so three red red. It says create a five five red dragon spirit creature token with flying. Activate only if you control an attacking modified creature. So again, modified is, uh, you know, it has an equipment on it or there's an aura or there's a counter on a creature. Those are modifications to the creature. You're going to pair this with cards, uh, mana echoes, or like a Mycosynth Lattice or even Chromatic Orrery. So um, Mana Echoes is an enchantment that says whenever a creature enters the battlefield, you may add red, or I'm sorry, you may add an amount of colorless equal to the number of creatures you control that share a type with it. And then Mycosynth Lattice says all permanents are artifacts, all cards that aren't on the battlefield, uh, spells and permanents are colorless, but players may spend mana as though it were any mana uh, or mana of any color. So um, if this is out, when you get that mana from Mana Echoes, you'll be able to pay uh, with that colorless into like a red ability. Mm-hmm. So what you need is you need to have all these permanents on the battlefield and you have to have at least four dragons or spirits. So um, however you get those, you you will need these uh, them for this, com- this combo. Um, and then you need to have a modified creature that can attack this turn. So I'm assuming if you have a Goro Goro deck, you probably have a couple of equipment. I mean, you're probably building around this combo if you're putting this specifically together. Um, I don't think we're probably just going to happenstance upon this combo very easily. Um. So what you're going to do is you're going to declare attacking with a modified creature mm-hmm. uh, holding priority you're going to activate goro goro by paying five mana uh colorless mana um f- filtering it through that mycosynth lattice for red to activate goro goro's ability to make a five five red dragon spirit creature token with flying 
that that creature is going to enter the battlefield, which triggers mana echoes and is going to add at least five more mana. And this is going to continue to grow over time, resulting in uh, infinite creature tokens, colored mana, colorless mana and enter the battlefield abilities. So again, pairing this with a card like Impact Tremors or Goblin Bombardment to sacrifice all oh, yeah. of them. Um, but all of this is happening during combat. So they can't be declared as an attacker. They're just coming in to hang out. Oh, just just combo it up with like a coat of arms or something. That way, the oh the, the, the few that dragons, did attack, the one that did attack, <laughs> yeah, then the unblocked dragons get huge or something. But you know, if if I look at it like a generic goblin deck or something, a lot of them are playing um, mana echoes mana in there echoes. already. And Goro Goro probably is going to go in there because it's just a great haste enabler that's also a goblin. So all you got to do is pick your hands up on a chromatic ori or mycosynth lattice. But you're right. I don't know if there's other reasons in a goblin deck to play a mycosynth lattice or a chromatic ori so that would be uh kind of a build around and add in here um but very very cool and and the fact that mana echoes will work with all your goblins too is pretty sweet yeah it works with the goblins that are coming in because it it might get you the mana to ramp into some of these spells mycosynth lattice costs six Uh, chromatic ori i believe is even more than six so um you know very cool stuff here so and this isn't even all the combos again these are just the ones that we thought were a lot of fun and Mm -hmm. Of course, we wanted to talk about another Extra Turns episode and not not an Extra Turns episode. <laughs> um, so check out commanderspellbook.com. Such a cool resource. We really love doing this episode after all the previews have come out. Um, if you want to find us online, I'm on Twitter at Andy Flory. And I'm on Twitter at Wormcoil Engine. Of course, we want to give a special thanks to Ryan Nichols, our producer and editor. Thank you so much for everything that you do. And Chris Wolf, who handles all of our graphic design, which you can see all that on our YouTube channel. He's making all of our thumbnails for our commander gameplay, um, which we know that even the professor has seen and says, way to go. These look really great. So thank you, Chris, for everything that you do. And to all the listeners out there, we will chat with you next week.